All right, Jeff, here we go. So last time we teased that we're going to talk about Lent this time. So we'll, we don't, may not get to that right off the bat. I'll see what you want to lead with, but uh, we'll get into that at some point. That's going to be an exciting topic, isn't it? I mean, everybody's so. probably thinking, I wonder what the Fields Bros have to say about Lent. Yeah. Well, here we go. Thank you for listening to the Fields Brothers Show. Well, I'm Roger Fields here with my brother Jeff, and we are in Central Kentucky talking about the unfiltered grace of God in a time of mixed grace. You know, a lot of stuff out there is really a mixture of law and grace and religion and all that. And we'd like to talk about <laughs> what God has done for us through the cross. It's very liberating, very freeing. What do they and do again when they, they mix go, it? Uh, uh, yeah, just <laughs> like that. Okay, I'll do it again for you. And so anyway, and listener discretion is advised. The following views and opinions may not necessarily represent those of the staff and management of your local church. All right, Jeff, what's going on? Anything? Well, do you want to pick this thing up a lint right off the bat, or do you or do you got other stuff you want to lead with? Well, no, go ahead, talk. Go ahead. Well, I mean, what, I would what, just want to. I mean, we're still in the in the lint. It's a forty day deal, I guess. It's so a season, it's still, I guess. Yeah, forty days, season. holy moly! Yeah. That's like a so it's. And right. I don't know, but you know, we you I think you would agree. I mean, we never, almost never heard about it growing up. Yeah, you know, the church we it. grew up in, nobody ever talked no. about it. it. It was totally unrelated. I don't know that we ever heard about it. Then yeah. somewhere along the line, later on, after growing up, I started hearing a little bit about it. And then I, I mean, but it really has gained steam in the oh, last yeah. several years. Really I mean, has. it's kind of interesting. Let's now, become more popular. It, it used to be just figure. for Catholic. I guess yeah. it was just for Catholics. Yeah, originally now, I think so, but it is really, or at least it's more liturgical that. denominations. Yeah. Episcopalians think maybe did the lit thing. Yeah, okay. maybe so. But yeah, <laughs> but now a lot of people, you know, a lot of you know people that have no connection whatsoever to the Catholic Church or anything close to that or Episcopals. You know, they they find themselves kind of so the idea you know i guess for 40 days you give up something to kind of show some i mean you know this. Some i'm really talking because i can make i can be so cynical about this all day long you know but i mean i know i mean it's a lot of people this is important and uh, you know i i don't get it um i don't think okay you know all right here i go <laughs> So Roger well, at the fieldsbrothers.com yes, is the email yeah. address. <laughs> we'll go so, ahead and get that out. Okay, there. what are some of the common things people give up for Lent? Like, what, what, I mean, what's an example of something? Well, give, me, oh, give me something. I bet someone give up social media or certain okay. types of food. You okay. may, okay, no sweets for 40 days or no I mean, pop or something so, like that. I don't know. So, what, what are you saying by that? That God's going, oh, thank you for going 40 <laughs> days without Snickers? Okay, I, don't, I mean, what, I don't, what, is up, what is up with that? I don't think they would say well, that. Well, then what's the point? What's so, the point? Well, I I mean, I'm probably not the best one to ask, but yeah. so I can tell you my limited. But what I noticed the other day, um, and I think you may have seen it as well, but um, Tolian Chavidian, am I saying that right? Chavidian? Yeah. That's on Facebook. Like, he yeah, writes a lot of good mean. stuff, yeah. and then he yeah. understands grace and all yeah. this. And he put a little blurb out there about it, about, you know, what should we get? Something like, what should we give up for Lent? Maybe give up the idea that we can do anything to yeah. for God to love us more, or something yeah. to that effect, yeah. which is absolutely true. Yeah. And he wasn't even knocking lint itself yeah, was he was there. To... but boy some people kind of took that a different really? way and so really they... i mean he got a ton of comments on it and kind of you know people get sensitive over that and if they sense that and so obviously these people probably that do practice it to some degree you know didn't appreciate the way and so he was having to remind them okay i didn't say anything against lint yeah. you know just saying that what he said which is entirely true 
it still kind of caused a reaction on that because it does. I would really get hammered with some of my comments. So I think I, again, I am not the best person to represent this, but but I'm thinking, you know, I'm sure none of them would say that it makes me God love me more. I don't think any of them would say that. I'm gonna say that, so I may, but you know, my my guess is that some feel it helps them be a little closer to God or to, you know, that Jesus suffered. And so I'm going to, in this little way, suffer here so that I can share, you know, kind of relate to him a little bit more than that. But I, you don't think but, it's like, I'm going to do this to kind of earn my way a little bit. I'm going to do something to kind well, of maybe, pay my way. Maybe some, I mean, full blown into it might, but I think there's a lot of people that don't, there's a wide range, I'm sure why people do it and what they see it as it, but uh, I mean, the more I think about it, the more it just really seems like it's trying to do something to add to the finished work of the cross, to, to make it more real. It's like, think about a kid doing that for their dad, or their mom or dad. Yeah. 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 Hey, mom, you know, for this month, I'm giving up something <laughs> Legos. for you. I'm giving up Legos, Legos for, for you. <laughs> like, okay, well. <laughs> you know, I hadn't thought of it in terms of the father-child relationship, yeah. but that that's a great way I to, mean, to look at it. Okay, now I'm gonna really expose my ignorance here, but I'm you know I'm just not up on all the liturgical type things and all that. I'm just never been my forte. So, what is the relationship between Lent and the people who put that little cross of ash on their forehead? Now that's well, I think now we're we're really setting ourselves up to be mocked here because we're there. But the I think the um, that starts Lent, I believe. So the Ash Wednesday, you know, you see people on TV. You only get that for a day then. So I think that's day one of Lent. So it's after Fat Tuesday, which is another. Um, that is, I mean, yeah. You know, that's, it starts, I guess, Fat Tuesday is the day before. I mean, we're really showing this, our ignorance This is where you, you let it all you go. Just you just kind of because you've got 40 days coming. Where right. You and so you have to – I mean, the whole thing is just so – I mean, I'm telling you. Just you just indulge the flesh yeah. on the last Tuesday before you – And then make you, up for it for 40 days. I guess so, something like that. But that, you know, it just – I think we can say with assurance that the people that have – those folks that have really come to an appreciation of – the finished work of the cross and the power of grace in our lives and the joy of the new covenant just don't get into no i mean we, stuff like that in, so. in the in the more you're deeper you are in grace the more you understand grace the more that kind of stuff just just not compute yeah. i mean it just doesn't make sense to the the grace mindset yeah. even if you can't really explain it you can't logically like why just, it just like, doesn't what? is the point of that because that i mean i guess there is something about denying the flesh makes people feel better somehow or feel less guilty they think see i would even i wouldn't even categorize that as denying the flesh i would categorize that as feeding the flesh the flesh is about your perfect is about your um performance or your ability so my ability i'm gonna give up this it's kind of trading one type of flesh for another type of flesh okay yeah, I really am trying to do this as gracefully as I can, you know. But it's it's like we and then we do pick things that we think we can do. It's like nobody picks yeah. something that they can't do for forty. He's like, okay, I fine. I guess I can get away. I can give up this for forty days, yeah. and then we feel great about ourselves. That we've done something that really wasn't a big deal. It's like me saying I'll give up cauliflower for forty days. Well, okay, I'm pretty sure I can do that since I've given up for most of the rest of, the other part the rest of my life. I've given up cauliflower, so I just, I just don't. I don't get it. You know, I just don't get it. But I, I don't want to – I've already done it now. I don't, I'll try not to mock the people who live that way, but I, I just don't get it. Okay. I'm ready to move on. Yes, what, please. What Let's now? give up there. Uh, I have a new definition for something I want to lay on you, okay? Okay. Now, one of the things that we talk about a lot and it's been talked about forever is the difference between spirit and soul. Yep. Okay? 
And the the standard definition of soul is, you know, the spirit has been the real you, the core of you that's united with God's spirit. Mm-hmm. The soul has been, we've said, well, that's your mind, will, and emotions, which I yeah. contend is not a workable definition, okay? No, it really. may be somewhat okay. accurate in some respects. I don't think it's a practical, I don't think that knowing that definition really helps you navigate through life or okay. I think it makes a great diagram. Oh, it does. You can draw it out real well, (laughs) but I don't think so. So I'm going to give you another definition that that may or may not be accurate, but I think it's accurate and I think it's more workable. And I would say that your soul would be your personality. And I think when it says that the word divides, and I think the word is Jesus, the gospel of Jesus, Mm -hmm. divides spirit and soul, it just says, okay, God has united himself with my spirit. Mm Mm-hmm. And that is still different from my personality. We still have our personalities. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have in 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 grace can affect your personality and Which will affect your personality. Pretty much your mind and your will and your I emotions. Think, so that's so just and I'm a not saying I'm, yeah. and I'm not saying that's an inaccurate definition that we've come up with. This mind it's will more emotions. complicated than it's it needs just, to be. Maybe I think it's more complicated. Yeah, yeah. and I think when you start well, thinking about it, this is my. Yeah, it's my personality. My personality is not the real me. It's my personality. Okay, I mean, think that what I'm going to say will support what you're saying here. I mean, the word, the Greek word for soul is psuche, from which we get psychology. Did you yeah, know that? Did not know that. Well, yeah. I guess I'd forgotten that. Psuche. Yeah, yeah. See, I'm I'm the one of the Fields brothers that had a year of Greek yeah, in Bible yeah. college, so I'm, I'm so glad to help you out here. Yeah. So psuche, from which we get psychology, which is kind of yeah. one's personality. Yeah. With that, so the, it makes um, sense. Does I mean? It, 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 I think it is a more What's the word I'm looking for? Just a more, you know, practical or understandable um, way of looking at it. It reminds me, uh, Adrian Rogers wrote the books, one of Dan's favorite books that he used to love, the um, I think The Secret of Supernatural Living. And he talked about a lot in that book about spirit, soul, and body. And um, if I remember right, he said it's with our spirit, we relate. Let's see, let's go to the other angle. With the body, we relate to the world around us. So that's the five senses. With the soul, we relate to the world within us. And so that's, you know, what you're thinking, what you're feeling, what you want to do and all that. So with the soul, you relate to the world within you. With your spirit, you relate to the world above you. Not geographically above, but the idea of above. Well, see, kind of I, with, to with me, that's, that's a little that, lacking but, too, though. So. Because you don't just, your soul doesn't just relate to the world inside you. Your soul, if it's your personality, relates to the people yeah. around you. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm sure he would your, say that yeah. as well, but to, um, with that. But well, anyway. I think it does mirror the, uh, yeah, I think I think it is accurate and, and helpful to compare it to the Old Testament temple, the three parts of the temple. Yeah, with that, I mean, people really get in detail with that. Even the the, and, and I think there's some value to that. I, I don't remember all of them, but all the different pieces of furniture in the temple can can relate to different aspects of this. But yeah. so soul is just our personality. So okay, I have a real simple analogy or question here from Scripture, but I just wanted to thought, thought it was worth bringing up. Um, you know, I still hear a lot of discussion about whether or not. You're secure in your salvation. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, if you want to start an argument on Facebook, that's the easiest yeah, way to do it. That's Bring the way to do it. it. Um, and so, you know, you've got, let me take it from this angle. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13, 14, it says, In him you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, the good news of your salvation, which is a cool way of saying it. Believe, you believed in him, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our adherence we acquired. Uh, until we acquire the possession of it, so the Holy Spirit seal. We are sealed with the Holy Spirit, guaranteeing our salvation. Okay? Amen. So, 
Um, and then you've got in um, Ephesians 1 in verse, um, well, ooh, put the right and <laughs> wrong verse down. But it says, We do our own sound effects, by the yeah, way. Yeah, we were. <laughs> do not grieve. Oh, it's in chapter 4. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit by which you were sealed for the day of redemption. Okay. So it's about being sealed again. And then it's, it's mentioned also in 2 Corinthians. It says, God has established you in Christ, has anointed us, who has but a seal on us. Okay, and has given us a, his spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. So mm-hmm. three times, at least three times, it's sealed. And so I just have the question for people who are so upset about God securing or assuring your salvation. How does that work? I mean, so if you mess up too badly, you get unsealed. God scrapes the seal off, reapplies the seal when you shape up, confess, repent, whatever you got to do. You mess up again, takes the seal back off again. <laughs> so you have to, after a while, you have to wonder, what, how, what does the seal even mean? You know, he just... Just Scrapes needs to put a zipper on it so yeah, he can just kind of like, zip it back and forth instead of a seal. But if but if the seal, you know, it's like <laughs> either sealed or you're not. And if you're, you know, if God takes the seal off of you every time you mess up, what's the point of the seal? Yeah. That's my yeah. question. <laughs> you know, for me, the whole thing of eternal security, and I don't, you know, there's, I don't even know what's the best way to say it, but it's just, you know, for me, I mean, we can. You can go all day long comparing this verse to that verse and debating it all day long. Uh, for, for me, when I just saw who Christ is and what he has done and who we are in him. And I agree. That question just kind of evaporates. I, and I totally yeah. agree with that. Yeah. I totally agree with that. Yeah. Once you understand the cross, yeah. the security issue really is kind of a foregone conclusion. I mean, similar to that, you know, Ephesians says we've been, you know, we've been raised and seated with him in the heavenlies. That's current tense. It's spiritual. It's already happened. So, okay, so if we lose this standing, then is do we get evicted out of heaven at that point? You know, do we lose yeah. that back and forth like that? And and the other, you know, the spiritual reality is out of time. Etern- you know, that which is unseen is eternal. Right. So, All right. would you agree with this? With with this, in Christ, we put our faith in Jesus. We're placed in Him. God's God is forever. Um, but in this life, in this world. There are scriptures that relate to applying what is already true of you so that you either walk in this life or you don't. For instance, mm-hmm. what it talks about, we put on the new self. Yeah. So when you agree that there's some people who have a new self, they just don't ever put it on. Yeah. I mean, you, yeah. you can be oblivious. So it says take off this and this yeah. and put on this. Yeah. So yeah, new believers, be a, but they've never taken, you know, they still don't, well, like, you real can, quick to take off the old self. Yeah. But I mean, you, you can be oblivious as a believer to who you are. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think that's the whole point of putting on the armor of God. I mean, that's gone into two camps. I think both camps are kind of off track on it. One camp is, you know, something you got to do every day. Got to put your armor on, you know. Every day, got to put your breastplate on. Got to put your, uh. you and gotta then pray you know, over, you got to yeah, pray each beast yeah, for about three minutes yeah, or so. Yeah, and, then yeah. they, and then the other side is, well, it's already on. It's who we are in Christ and it's already on. Well, in a sense, that's true, but you still, there is a, a directive to put it on. That's which true. Means I mean, that is in the text. It does there. say put, put on, it either. on. So yeah. if it's just already on, but so, I, so for instance, the breastplate of righteousness, what does that mean? It means to acknowledge mm-hmm. that Jesus has made me righteous, totally righteous right before God. I apply that to myself. And I would say, according to that scripture in Ephesians chapter six, if you, you know, when it talks about your gospel of peace, you have peace with God. That's your standing peace mm-hmm. with God. Um, your helmet of salvation, that you are saved. When you apply these things to yourself, that is an effective armor against um, schemes from the devil. Would a lot you of this, agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. And it, and it has to do with their thinking, you know, yeah. renewing of the mind. I mean, that's where the 
kind of the battle is. But uh, but I hear sometimes I hear grace people say, well, you know, God, you know, the devil can't touch a believer anyway. It's like you're insulated. Well, not necessarily. You know, if you if you just if you don't appropriate what's already mm-hmm. true with you, I would say that might be a problem according to some of these verses. If you don't put on the new self. Yeah, I mean, uh, that means you're not going to heaven. It just means you get, might get beat up here and now, you know, in life. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I, I think it does. I, All right, I'm, I'm okay with all that. Yeah, I mean, Satan tempted Jesus, so Jesus, Jesus wasn't immune from being tempted. So I don't think we're immune from being tempted in that regard. So, but but we um, could. But there is a sense that you can, and how you appropriate what is already true, which you're already resting with, how you appropriate that to yourself, does make a difference. Yeah. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Yeah, so, right. Okay. And the battles of our war, war, weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're spiritual. They're casting down the thoughts and imagination. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's an internal yeah. issue of, of what you're thinking about and what you... And that's where the growth yourself. is. You know, the growth yeah. is in the mind and the thinking that, that does still need right. to be renewed right. with that. All right, I got one other thing, but if you have anything else, go go for it, and then I'll come back to it. Um, I was just going to mention a little bit on the um, on the Ukraine situation again. Of course, we're recording this one a little ahead ahead of schedule, so I don't know. You know, this thing can change any day for better or for. I mean, it's it's already is really really bad, obviously. But so I don't know what it's going to be going on over there by the time this airs. But but it thought occurred to me the other day of of how angry and rightfully so, I think angry people are at. Putin and what he's doing yeah. and the and the pain and rightfully so but it's kind of like it's interesting to see everybody in the world the media all sides of so angry at what they're doing and kind of what the thought occurred to me is you know we're kind of it's it's anger at sin essentially yeah this but it, it had to get so blatant for people to get angry and it occurred to me okay this is why God is angry at sin you know this is why God hates sin because this is the ultimate result of it. You know, we tend to not be angry at it until it goes to full yeah. fruition. But this, and this is what he dealt with at the cross. You know, even and, the state-run media in Russia is turning against this war. Did you know that? The state-run uh, media. I saw the thing where the folks walked off the set. And, yeah, but and some they're of those. criticizing. I mean, there people are putting their lives on the line in Russia. I saw an article. Us. I just see the headline. I didn't read the whole thing, but there is some group. I don't know if they're in the U.S. or, or where else, but um, they are taking it upon themselves. I don't know how they do this. They are cold calling average people in Russia to tell them what's going on. <laughs> so I don't know how you get their numbers and how you do all this. Wow. I'm sure there's ways, though. But um, but anyway, the idea that that it really does show the the depth of sin and the and the yeah. fruition of sin. And then you realize that Jesus took that on the cross. I don't, I don't think we really appreciate the horror, the agony, the pain, the, I don't know what other way to describe it, that, that all of that, that Jesus bore yeah. on the cross in his body and took the full brunt of that yeah. for us. Well, yeah, that's true. Let, let me give it to you on this side, too. You know, I'm a little, what's the word, um, just a little slightly perturbed when people only see this in the light of biblical prophecy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get it. You know, there's stuff like this going to happen, and this may be a march up into the second coming, which I hope it is. Uh, it's fine with me. Um, but it's almost a discounting of just the human suffering that's going on because, yeah. well, it's the next piece of the puzzle. You know, it's uh, everybody in their places now. You know, and and I don't like that. And now here's where I'm really not very spiritual. 
Okay. People ask me, <laughs> I have, you know, my other have a men's group and they said, well, how, how are you going to pray for this? I said, I'll tell you, I'm praying for it. I want this Putin dead. I want a coup to happen in his palace. I want him dead. Pull out some of those psalms. I that, want him uh, dead. There's want, a term for those types of psalms. I, What's that term? There's some big theological, the such and such psalms. That's when David called for God's wrath yeah, against yeah, his enemies. Yeah, there, that's true. So. And so, you know, and so that, you know, so I'm not very spiritual when I say that, but, you know, that's what I want to happen. I've, I, I, th- these are people that are suffering an unbelievable amount of just what's going on with kids and families it's also crossed my mind that you know there's this is more visible to almost all of us you know there's a ton of other suffering oh yeah just true. bad all yeah. over the world right. and every true. generation true. that we don't really know about um there is a ton of suffering in this world and so you know that's what god came to put a stop to now yep. why doesn't he put a stop to it right now you know yep. i don't yep. i don't know, know. I, I don't know but i just know that he endured this himself on the cross i mean he took he took the full brunt of, of sins, horror and sins, um, you know, pain and all that on the cross. So he is not removed from it. And he is with those people that are going through this um, in this horrible time. So, and it is temporal is the big, you know, it is yeah. temporal. It is not eternal. So eternally we have won and, and uh, sin will be dealt with once and for all. Satan will be dealt with once and for all. And so uh, we rest assured in that yeah. so hey let me let me uh, lay a little idea on you here and see if see what you think of this um you know there's um the term victory comes through several times in scripture and i think it's been really misused by a large segment of the church you know we've made victory well victory means you know you got the raise you know, victory means you conquered a disease or something you know which is mm-hmm. I'm, I'm all for that um victory is always the, an outcome yeah Okay, it's always an outcome of something that was a problem. It's now it's not a problem, which is great when you have something like that happen. When you don't see a that kind of a victory at the moment, then mm-hmm. it could be a little discouraging. Okay, um, and so I started doing a little look up on victory, and I came across three, I thought amazing scriptures. One's in First Corinthians fifteen fifty six, where it says, "You know, the power of sin is the law." Right. Okay. Yeah, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through Jesus Christ. So I think mm-hmm. when you realize that you're not under rules and regulations, you're not under religious law, then victory is a lot more um, easily grasped. So it's put in okay. contrast to the law with that. All right, so that's the first step. Number two, um, it talks of what is this is the victory that's overcome the world. It's our faith. It's just what you believe. Mm-hmm. It's not what you do. Remember uh, the old hymn, earn. faith is yeah. the victory that faith overcomes victory. the world. But here's the one that really got me. In, in Romans 8, now how many hundreds of times I've read this, these scriptures, but in verse 37 it says, we are more than conquerors, mm-hmm. okay, relates to victory, through him who loved us. Mm-hmm. And it talks about, I'm sure, that neither death or rulers nor angels, rulers, um, death or life, nothing present, nothing to come, nor powers, nothing in all creation, there's more things in this list here, are able to separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus our Lord. So it's that that verse tends to tell me that to be victorious, to be more than a conqueror in life, really relates to just receiving the love of God and just knowing how yeah. steadfast and consistent the love of God is. And well, that, okay. it's not an outcome. In other words, it's not a, well, today I had victory. Yeah. I'm a conqueror today because I got the raise. I'm a conqueror today because, 
you know, I got over my whooping call for whatever, you know, but, but that it's a, it's an ongoing day to day thing because the love of the God has for you does not change no matter what happens. Okay. I'll tie two of those two together. It's, it's more real than you, than you believe, or than you've seen probably, you know, that faith is the victory that overcomes the world where earlier in first John, that's from first John earlier, it says, you know, love, not the world. For he that loves, the, if you love the world, essentially the love of the Father is not in you. Mm-hmm. And so the reason we love the world is because we don't experience and see and know experientially the love of the Father. Yeah, it doesn't mean God doesn't love you; it's just not in you. You don't right. Get it. We're we're not right. uh, we're not seeing that in that regard. And so yeah, that kind of uh, I'm guessing you kind of like me on this. You know, you see these things on Facebook, and someone reports, um, you know, they did the test for cancer; it came back negative. God is good. Yeah, and I'm glad for that. And we've been, you know, Dad had that experience. We were thrilled it wasn't yep. cancer. But yep. then we follow up that God is good, and certainly God is good. <laughs> but it's kind of implying that okay, uh, yeah, or God answers prayer. Yeah, I mean the yeah. test came back good. God answers prayer. Yeah. Well, was well, whether was God's goodness all yeah. dependent okay. on whether or not that test came back that way or not? And I and I get your saying, but you you still should be able to celebrate yeah. uh, when things do work out where you do see an answer to prayer. And I don't want to take that away. I don't yeah. want to take away being able to celebrate any kind of good thing in life. Mm-hmm. I think we just need to realize that what undergirds all of that is a, uh, is a victory is a, uh, is a conquering that's, that's consistent day in and day out based on not the outcome of particular events, but based on God's unchangeable love for you. Not attached to outcome. I've heard it put NATO, N-A-T-O, not attached to outcome. Right, right To where, right. And that, that that is freeing. That really is freeing. Yeah, I think it is. That, and we're able to relax and rest. I remember the first so. time when I was, a, I don't know, a teenager, and I read that scripture in, in Romans 8, and I thought, what is, you know, I, I was just really kind of blown away by that. I remember specifically those, those last verses in Romans 8, thinking, how come nobody ever told me that before? You know, like, <laughs> why did I ever hear this in church? That's good news. Yeah. It is good news. Jeff, you're going to hunker down in the snowstorm and watch Kentucky play watch basketball, basketball tonight? Yeah, a lot of basketball on this weekend. Yep. There's a big golf tournament on, too. I am, uh, I'm volunteering on the Barbasol again, by the way. Oh, you oh boy. Asked me well, I'm that. sure we get to hear been, all about that. I knew yeah. you just forgot to ask me. Yes, You've been yes. wanting to ask me about that. So all right. It's coming up. Be on the uh, the TV pro, the TV committee again. So, Oh, boy. What we have to look forward to on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs>